0: Recently on the Marketplace Morning Report, you heard our Democracy in the Desert series. We took you to places characterized by researchers as news deserts to see what communities stand to lose when they're without a local news ecosystem, especially during an election year. This kind of reporting takes resources. David Brancaccio went on a six-day reporting trip with two of our producers, grounding themselves in these communities and meeting locals who are trying to find solutions and fill the gaps. Every donation to Marketplace helps sustain this kind of in-depth journalism. Please give what you can today at marketplace.org slash donate. We're celebrating Marketplace's 35th anniversary with some throwback thank you gifts available during this March fundraiser. We took our old dot-com arrow logo and put it on a sticker, a glass mug, a tote bag, and a t-shirt. No matter how much you donate, you can get a fun piece of Marketplace history. Check them out at marketplace.org donate. These limited edition gifts are only available through March 22nd. Get yours at marketplace.org donate.
1: A three-decade high for Japan's stock market, and you guessed it, it's all to do with microchips. Live from the BBC World Service, this is the Marketplace Morning Report. I'm Will Bain, in for Leanna Byrne today. Thanks, as always. For your company. Yeah, it appears US chipmaker NVIDIA's boss Jensen Huang is right. We're at an AI tipping point and the race for chips to power it is on all around the world. After NVIDIA's astonishing financial results yesterday, it was chip-related stocks on Tokyo's main Nikkei index, which drove the home of Japan's biggest firms, past its all-time high after a 34-year wait. The BBC's Nick Marsh has more. In
2: the very short term, the most immediate factor was the success of NVIDIA. The US chip company, the world's most valuable chip company. They announced record profits yesterday for last year, and that's due to the massive demand for AI, which is really helping their business. That sent Nvidia's share price soaring, and so the value of the stock market went up with it. But then you've got longer term factors, basically the Japanese yen being very weak for a long time. So when the yen is weak, it means Japanese goods are cheaper to buy from abroad, and exporters then have a good time, and their share price goes up plus it makes Japanese companies in general more attractive to buy shares because they're all in yen then another more sort of anecdotal reason is that a lot of money's leaving China people think that it's staying in Asia it's going to places like Japan Singapore so maybe there's a transfer of money going on there so all of these things have sort of combined to to hit this milestone today that's the BBC's Asia business reporter Nick Marsh there well it wasn't just Tokyo
1: getting an Nvidia based bounce as we check the numbers now yeah, tech stocks driving the markets in Europe here this morning too. London, Paris, and Frankfurt all up between half percent and a percent right now. Impressive numbers around for travel stocks this week in Europe too, including a record-breaking set of financial results for the French hotel group Accor. That's the owner of brands like Fairmont, Raffles, and Mercure. It announced pre-tax profits exceeding a billion dollars for last year. Let's take you to Central Europe now, and Albania's parliament has approved a controversial agreement to process asylum seekers hoping to get to Italy. Under the agreement, the Italian government will build two centres in northern Albania to process 36,000 people hoping to reach Italy each year. The BBC's Sara Manetta has more on how the scheme might work.
3: Last year, over 157,000 people arrived in Italy. More than 3,000 died trying. Until now, those rescued have been taken to Italy, but a deal with Albania aims to change that. Starting possibly as early as March, people rescued by the Italian Coast Guard and Navy will be taken to two Italian led processing centers in Albania, where their asylum claim will be examined. Speaking at a press conference, Italy's Prime Minister Giorgia Meloni said this deal is setting an example.
0: Penso che sia un accordo... It's an innovative agreement. Of course, it will depend on our ability to make it work smoothly. But I think it would
3: be an example for other European countries to replicate. But for Francesco Creazzo from the NGOsOS Mediterranee, this is just another step to make asylum seekers and rescuers' life more difficult.
0: Obstacles, upon obstacles, are
3: being put in the way of people who try to rescue to the precise uh, aim of emptying the central Mediterranean of uh, rescue assets. When I ask him if NGOs too will be asked to take people to Albania, he shrugs. It's not absolutely clear what would be the mechanism uh, both for people who are rescued and for rescuers. We are very concerned because this um, agreement seems to violate or has the potential to violate
0: several international law.
3: When the deal was first unveiled last November, the European Commission said the plan was outside EU law. It later said it would monitor its implementation to make sure it complies with EU rules. The Albanian Constitutional Court also suspended the deal over the issue of jurisdiction over the two processing centres, but earlier this month it ruled that the agreement was lawful. Since the start of the year, 128 people have died at sea. Almost 3,000 have arrived in Italy. Many of them are now in the chronically overcrowded reception centre on the island of Lampedusa.
2: Those involved in sea rescue used to be celebrated as heroes. They even wanted to nominate the Italian Coast Guard for the Nobel Prize. But now, you can't even talk about migrants.
3: 18 years ago, Tarek Ebrane reached Italy on a boat from Libya. He was fleeing from Eritrea. He's been a vocal activist for migrant rights for years.
2: It's all of Europe, not just Italy. Rather than looking for alternative solutions for migrants, they're taking actions that go against their own conventions on human rights. It's a kind of bullying.
3: Tarekhe believes this deal won't dissuade people from trying to reach Italy. Their journey, he says, has been too long, too painful to turn back now.
1: That's the BBC's Sarah Manetta reporting there. Now, if you were with us on the programme yesterday, you might remember we were talking about the sale of the iconic BT, British Telecom Tower, in central London to MCR Hotels, big US firm, owner of the likes of the Sheraton that's at Times Square. Well, uh, the boss of MCR Hotels, Taylor Morse, has been speaking to the BBC this morning. No planning permission yet, but he does promise that, one, it'll be affordable for people, he claims, and two, he'll have a great view with a cocktail. Also, his hope is if he gets planning permission. Plenty of pics of that story on our website if you want to take a look, bbc.com forward slash news. I've been Will Bain. Thanks so much for listening to the Marketplace Morning Report from the BBC World Service.